Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Well, I'm glad to be here. Even if you're not happy, I'm here. <laughs> I know you are. Praise God. Well, here we are again. This something. I can't remember if I've been back in the temple here yet since the storm blew by. Um, I have been in a few places, so I get a little lost sometimes. But this is home to me here. I've been, my heart has been here for 15, 18 years. But how long have you been here? How long have you been? Uh, 20. 20. 20. Wow. Amen. This may be as good as it gets. You better enjoy it. Just, <laughs> this may be the zenith here. Hold on. <laughs> Amen. I may have shot all my bullets and this morning when I was praying or something. Who knows? Amen. Well, we've, we are involved, and as always, we miss most of it until we look back. And we say, Woo, wow, that happened, this happened? I didn't remember that. And uh, you'll read some accounts of 2020, and you'll say, ooh, uh, where was I? Well, you were head, head was probably in a sack somewhere, you know, <laughs> or hiding under a box, who knows? That's human nature. We miss a lot because we're not, well, we're just not paying attention. And this last year has been uh, a challenge, a wake-up call, and uh, certainly... Uh, a revelation of the attitude and the, and the um, plans of the world around us. There's a spirit out there called the enemy, the, the spirit of the world, the wicked one, that does not like you and does not like the church. And um, the entire spirit of this current political machine is anti-God. It's not just pro this liberty, this liberty, this, you know, trying to find the, the next abused little group that they can give liberties to. Some of the states are actually refusing to let boys go into girls' bathrooms. Can you imagine that? That's just a shock. Now, I don't want to sound fleshly even though I will sound fleshly. 
if I was 14 again and they wanted to pass that vote, I'd vote for it. <laughs> no, you were never a 14-year-old boy if you don't understand what I'm saying. That's what the flesh says. Let me in. Why? Because if I can get in a girl's bathroom legally, hooray. Well, I'm not 14, so I'm safe from that now, Mike. The, <laughs> you're, glad, you're glad for that? Amen. How many of you men have ever ended up in a woman's bathroom by mistake? It's just a terrible experience. <laughs> you know, they had their sign wrong or you read it wrong, and all of a sudden you realize there's no ur- urinals in there, and you say, whoops, I think I'm in the wrong place. Now, it's going to get it's going to get better or worse as we process here. So, uh, <laughs> hey man, you thought us spiritual guys never thought of that, huh? Well, <coughs> glory to God. So, <clears throat> what do we do now? Since the government saved our life one more time. Wow, they've actually given us the privilege of going back to church. Can you imagine that? Even though God gave it to us in the first place, the government now lays claim to the fact that they now give us the right to assemble. I am so excited. (laughs) Now, if you don't catch my uh, tongue-in-cheek or sneaky humor, it's God's business, and he gave us... The commission to sit, come together. Yes, I'm not going to argue with the government this morning. That's that's like wrestling with a pig. After a while, you realize the pig's enjoying himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just don't go. just don't want to do that. So true. So we stand then in a public assembly. Now, here's what's happened when we gather together. Your spirit has a flavor that no other spirit has because you're a fingerprint. You're a snowflake. You're God's creation, and he didn't stamp you out like some kind of, you know, can of beans, just same thing. So when you come into the assembly of the house, you bring a spiritual flavor that no one else can bring. My wife's a, she should be Polish, but she's actually, uh, I don't know, French and Swedish or something, Finnish. But she makes the best soups, I tell you. She never met a soup she couldn't change. <clears throat> and when the soup's on, you know it. Because the flavor is going to be unique. Why? Because she takes ingredients that don't belong in that soup, but she thinks they do. They, put, they go in. Amen. And, then, <laughs> and they're actually good. When you come into the house of God, when you gather with people, your spirit is blended with other spirits that makes a soup, a combinational uh, meeting that will never happen again. This will never... This. This service here will never happen again. You can't repeat it because you are a unique spirit. Now, when you also come, you also come with your angel. Everyone has at least one. Peter had one, so we can count one. Amen. Now, why is that? Because God sent 
an angel with you when you were sent from the bosom of the Father to your mother's womb. That's why we believe that life begins at conception. Not three months, not six months, not just before they're born. Life begins when life begins. And when that life comes, an angel comes with your spirit and stays with you all through your life. That's the one that takes you home. That's the angel that never leaves you. Some of us, as we increase in our, in our journey, in our, passion, in our, in our uh, commission, now that's not just, you know, big dudes like me that have no faults. Thank you, Mike, for catching that humor. <laughs> that's you. That's every human being. Every person that's breathing air is breathing God's life. No matter if they're a terrorist, a pedophile, or a murderer, the life of God is in them because if you're breathing air, that is life. And only God gives life. And only life comes from God. So how do you handle salvation? What's salvation all about? What's the born-again experience all about? How does that happen? Paul called it the middle wall of partition, didn't he? Something that separates us. In our spirit, in our inner man, from the life of God. So Jesus came to take down that middle wall of partition, that separation, so that now he's, in, he's, he's invited us into that life. Hallelujah. So every one of you that have come has come with your own spirit and the angel that's come with you. And... <clears throat> Now, Paul says when we gather together then, we don't just gather together with those we can see. The ones, the saints that have gone on before also gather and join us. I hope I'm seeing some transistors blowing right now. If I'm not, I'm not striking hard enough. We had a house up on top of the hill over Portland in uh, October 62 when that storm blew through and I watched transformers blow all over town. Kaboom! And the whole t- 10 blocks would go out. It was a beautiful sight. Boom! I <laughs> and I'm watching some explosions today and it's good. We need some things changed. We need some of recircuiting. Hallelujah. In our thinking. Do you know what conversion means? Conversion or salvation or repentance and all that. It means to have a change of mind, a change of thinking. Before I met Christ, I had this thought. Now I met Christ, I have this thought. This thought was, I'm just, it's me and my strength. I'll do what I want. This thought says I have a master, I have a Lord, and I submit to that Lord. Now repentance really is not I'm sorry for my sins. And often in the traditional church, uh, we have a time of repentance. Now, come and get saved and repent of all your sins. So in some theological settings, they try to get you to remember all your sins. (laughs) Some of us would be there a long time. Now, I got saved early. I was seven. So I had a short list. (laughs) I I had the short route in. 
But repentance really means to be, to go back to the penthouse, not just to repent of sins. The only thing that gets you saved, born again and, and, and converted, is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not, for, not, not repenting of your sins like, I'm sorry I did all these dirty deeds. But repentance, technically and legally, the word means to be reestablished back to the top. That's where you get the word penthouse the top part. And when you come into Christ, you are reestablished back to what you have been originally designed to be, and that is the representation, the image, not the clone, because that would be a second step. Somehow he's, he's, he's been able to make us like Christ on earth. When you look in the mirror, when you've come to your place that God wants you to be when you look in the mirror and see Jesus looking back at you. That's when you've come to your place in God. Not you see your failure and your worry and your next payment and, and, and God help us. <laughs> I told my wife the other day, and then I left town, but I told, I told my wife the other day, I said, something had been said. I said, hmm, that'd have been, when I was shopping for a bride, I should have looked for one that was uh, wrinkle-proof. <laughs> then, I, then I left town. <laughs> no, she did laugh a little bit. She said, no, no, it's just wrinkle-resistant. <laughs> she accepted that, so... Uh, But we have, we have been brought back by Jesus, not to some kind of, if I can just make it in and hope I don't go to hell before I go to heaven and hope I don't sin so I don't go to hell and all those worrisome things that we deal with. And a lot of our dealings, even in Sunday morning services, come back, don't, you know, don't sin, come back. And you that have been born by the blood of Jesus and have received by faith Jesus Christ, that's, that's really, really stupid for you that have had the life of God. Now, I wasn't looking at anybody when I said the S word there, but the life of God where, no, no, just catch it, just catch it for a moment. The God of the universe who we know biblically and historically lived in a place called the Holy of Holies and was in the wilderness in, with Israel in the temple with Solomon and then passed on even up till Jesus' day. When Jesus died, the temple veil was tore from top to bottom, several inches thick, ripped 60 feet high to the bottom. And out of that container called the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was before... <clears throat> Harrison Ford found it. It was in the ark. You know, it was actually in, in the Holy of Holies. So that's another story. Okay. Oh, I sidetracked myself. Stop it. Now, out of the Holy of Holies comes what we know to be the Spirit of God, the only place on earth that God dwelt. He didn't. He he, he came and chose to dwell in a place called the Holy of Holies. Originally in the wilderness, in a tent, then in a multi-billion-dollar 
temple, made a gold. He dwelt in there. And when Jesus died, the Bible says he left those temp- that temple made with hands, stone and wood and gold and so forth, into temples made without hands. And he chose to come and dwell in you. Yes. Now think about it. Amen. Think about it. Now the ancient church, back in the forming of some of our theology, talked about... I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and it's carried into our mentality as Christians, and we live under this constant thought that I'm just a sinner, and this old flesh is just so ugly, and if I can just get rid of it, and in some religious backgrounds, they abused it, they whipped it, they crucified it, they they abused it, all kinds of things, trying to be spiritual because they hated the body. Now, the Greeks took it the other way, and they worshipped the body and made statues of all these famous, you know, statues. They worshipped the body, and the church, in some cases, hated the body. It was it Augustine or one of those guys said, I, he, he said, uh, I wish all women were ugly, so I wouldn't look at them. Now, what kind of God is that in a guy? Make you ugly so I don't have to be tempted. No, the God of all universe dwelt and he made us in his image and he said it is what? Good. Good. Not just good. It's good. (laughs) Why? Because he had intended to come and live in that temple and he made a good place, a perfect place and and the scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made I went to a suit man that makes suits he was measuring me out he says you're the normal one thank you (laughs) I always wanted to be higher no you're average you're normal right in the middle so if you're looking for a patterned son I'm perfectly made. God said so. All right. So why why this introduction? Why am I saying this? If you don't respect yourself and honor what God has done in you, nobody else will. And you'll live and you'll walk and you'll come back to God like the poor the poor boy, you know, the orphan, all the time, wondering if God still loves you. Don't. It's a lot of wasted time. And eventually you'll give up on faith because you wear yourself out. And you'll be in a place where you stop believing God's word. Don't. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, this year in Easter, I will have been saved 71 years. Isn't that something? I got filled with the Holy Ghost in your hometown a year later in that back prayer room in his, the church he was born again in. So we got some good history. Amen. I don't do this very often, and I haven't started anything preaching yet that you'd call preaching. That's all just <clears throat> an encouraging word. <laughs> Amen. I had some books in the car that I uh, just... Uh, got a hold of 
we, uh, a friend of mine has put together uh, 10 prophets of the Northwest region. We did this last year, and it's called uh, Prophet Sharing 2020. Last year, this year, we put out Prophet Sharing 21. If you're interested in some of the things that 10 of us have said in the Northwest concerning this coming year, they're on the back table back there, and 10 bucks will get you one to go home with. Um, I don't usually take a lot of time with books and things, but I'm doing it today. So let you know about that. Also, if you haven't uh, tuned into my videos in the morning, I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook and YouTube every morning. I've been almost a thousand videos now. And uh, I'm having fun with it. What it's done for me through this whole shutdown thing, it's kept me <laughs> plugged in because I get to preach every day. And uh, that's uh, Dr. Watkins, Dr. George Watkins on Facebook, or I mean on YouTube, you can find it. Amen. Glory to God. Let's just take a moment to uh, crack the book and uh, talk a little bit about one step at a time. One step at a time. <clears throat> now, I was born again in 1950, and I had, and, and when I was saved, I had no problems after that. <laughs> 17 of you listening to me. Okay. Some of you believe that's what, that's what happens to some of those that seem to succeed. They just didn't have any problems. Well, let me take you on a little journey, a spiritual journey. And I want to pick it up in uh, Psalms 119.105. And we'll take a couple of steps here. Because the principles of God are principles for a purpose and a reason because that's how it works. That's how it works. Mm. 1990, I wanted a Cadillac. And that's what I'm driving, a 1990 Cadillac. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Seven of you got that okay. <clears throat> and it's parked in the parking lot. I put 30,000 miles on it since I got it a couple years ago. Oh, it's a wonderful car. So when I go out there, I decided the other day not to use a key. I don't need this key anymore. I threw it in the ditch. I come up to the car. The car's locked. I kick the door real hard. Then I command it. Then I laid in the ground and cried. Then I decided, it's not God's will to drive today. So I went home. Anybody catch the point? There's a principle about driving a car. You got a key and you put it in and turn it on. Would it be any difference in the principles of God? If the scripture says given, it shall be given. Is that a principle or is it just a thought? No, it's a principle. This is how it works. And so some of you are, 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 are standing in front of things that won't open. A few years ago, I was coming out of my garage. I'm practicing how to say that. 
I used to say <clears throat> garage, but after 50 years, my wife has finally said, it's garage. <laughs> I'm feeling too loose today. Okay, let's move on. And I have a little hallway there with the washing machines. It's called the laundry room, and I, didn't, I never turned the light on hardly, and I shut the door. As I reached for the next knob that goes into the front room, the Spirit of God said, what if nobody had ever taught you told you about the mystery of the doorknob? I said, whoa, okay. And I had a flashback. I'm five, years, I'm five or six years old, five years old, and I'm in a uh, church parsonage that is part of the church. We always live kind of connected. And on Monday morning, <clears throat> I wandered off down the hallway and went into a Sunday school room. The door shut. I couldn't get out. I don't know, it was broke or too high. And I cried, laid in front of the door. Well, you, you, I got out, evidently, I'm here. But uh, I had a flashback. God said, what if no one had ever taught you about the mystery of the doorknob? Now, that's, that's a silly question for an American, a Westerner. We all have doorknobs. We know how you get them and you turn them. But an African that has a, a, a hut with a curtain doesn't, doesn't know that. You put that person into a, a room from, you know, right out of there to here, they, couldn't, they wouldn't know how to turn the doorknob. And some of us stand in front of spiritual doors, things that we're trying to figure out, finances, relationships, healing, just the joy of life, and we don't know how to open that door. But there's a mystery in how we step in to God's best and God's healings and God's restoration. It's not just to get a better preacher and get a better church and uh, if I was just a perfect person and if God was in a better mood, come on. The principles of God says there's a way to go through the door. And here it is. It's one word. Faith. Faith. Faith now is believing what you hear is true and acting on it. That's faith. Faith is not information. Faith is not just revelation even. Faith is not just imagination. Faith is hearing something that resonates in your inner man. You say, whoa, that's for me. And then you do it. That's how we get saved. That's how we get healed. That's how we step into relationships. Praise God. Faith. So there's a door that has a doorknob, and that doorknob, in representation of a key for you to be healed, to be restored back to peace, to not have that, you know, that gnawing nightmare every night, to not be feeling like you're an orphan, but that you're loved. All those things are, in a way, a door or, or a petition or something separating us from God's completeness in our life. So we hear a, a teaching, a sermon. Someone comes, and they, they look all happy, and they're dancing, and they say, I'm full of the joy of the Lord. And you say, how? Or, gee, how do I get it? By faith. Now, I know that's a big kind of like general. Let's boil it down just a little bit further. This scripture in Psalms 
says, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And this is what the Spirit of God told me this morning. You end up at your conclusion, which is victory, healing, not just the end of life, not just heaven, but there's, there's victories along the way. Amen. 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 If you, didn't have, if you didn't have a series of some kind of successes, emotionally, we can't handle that. We've got to have some breaks. We've got to have some awe moments. When, yeah, that's, I'm still on track. Amen? That's, that's what God does for us because he knows our human makeup. We need to have some awe moments when someone says, good job. You're doing a good job. God does that often. You just, you, you just feel like, hey, oh, man, I, I'm the best kid in town. I, he loves me more than you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We just have that overwhelming feeling. Why is that? Because we, we need the assurance that one more time we've hit the target. All right. Now, how do we do that? <clears throat> I've had a series of, of growth spurts in the spirit. Start off with a seven-year-old kid. What's he going to do? He's got to grow up, for one thing. Jesus grew in stature, favor with God, favor with man, didn't he? So the whole, the whole thing. So I had to grow up. At 15, I thought, well, I'm old enough now to win the world, so I, I can see my, I wanted a white suit. I don't, <laughs> must have been popular in the 50s. I wanted a white suit, and I, and I made up little advertisements that someday would go in the newspaper. Man of God, hit towns, healing the sick. Well, that was a step for me. So what do you do if you want to heal the sick? Well, I heard something here in the Bible that says you lay hands in the sick. Faith says, I'm going to start laying hands in the sick. So I started laying hands in the sick as a teenager, teenage evangelist. And you know what? Lo and behold, some of those suckers got healed. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it half the time. Wow. What happened? The, the, the steps of a good man or a woman are ordered of the Lord. So faith says, when I have a desire. Now, this scripture that says um, he will give you the desires of your heart is not a new car and a new house and so forth. The desires of your heart are God's implantation. Planting of inward desire. Not fleshy desires, not, you know, more stuff. But there's something in every one of your spirits. You know, I just want to, I just like to write a novel. I just like to paint a picture. I, I, you know, I, I've always wanted to knit. I've always wanted to fly in an airplane. There's something, I'm just using examples. There's 10,000 of them. Those are God's desires. And he said he would give you the desires of your heart. Now, as a, and I'm, I'm referring to myself now, just so by picture form. As a, as a young man, a kid, then a teenager, and then a young adult, the desires in my spirit were what I stepped into. But I didn't know how to do it until I took the next step. Now, here's the picture in Psalms. This, this custom was they put the lamp on the foot and they lit a candle or oil. And as they put their foot forward, the light would extend as far as their foot went. And then they would step down. 
And then they would take another step and put their foot forward. Now here, here it says, it says, he'll be a light unto my pathway and to my feet. You will not see the next step in your life until you take this step because the revelation of the next step is not going to happen until you take this step. What does that mean? What in the world? If you have been deciding if you're going to follow Christ, you will not get any kind of benefit until you do. The thought of it is the conviction or the compassion or the drawing of the Holy Ghost. And you can only come to God with that feeling. You can't make it up. Well, I got a good idea. I think I'll get saved. No, you... It's something drawing you. When you make that step, then the light of God's word reveals his forgiveness, his love, and you step into a world you've never been into before. So here I am at seven, and you may be but whatever the case is, here, here we are. So what do we do? We put our foot forward and bingo, have you been filled with the Spirit of God by the Holy Ghost since you believe? We heard that in the book of Acts, didn't we? Somebody asked that question. I never even knew there was. Well, how did he find out there was? He he took another step and the light of God's Word revealed that there was more to this thing called the Holy Ghost. And then he stepped into that and then they sneak another step and they say, oh, you mean it's not just to the Jew? There's the Gentile can get saved? Took another step and he took another step and then he found out that nations of the world were going to be affected. And they took another step and they found out that God has a plan for the for the future of all mankind and it, is, it includes the mercy and the love of God. And it sprung from a group of men that only knew Jewish law. And Jesus came and opened up the entire heavens for mankind when he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take, oh, just take my load, my yoke upon you. My, that just said obedience, and you will find rest unto your soul. The religious man sits back with his hands folded and says, prove it. The hungry man says, steps in and it's proven by faith. By faith. faith. What's the the little itch in your heart? What's the little, you know, you just feel something flipping in there. What is it? Step into it. Ask God to reveal it. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Encounter the presence of the Lord by welcome, by love. Hello, God. Hello, Father. Hi. I'm glad you... I just, I'm just so happy to be with you today. Amen. Don't be a mute Christian, one who can't, doesn't talk. Speak to the Spirit of God around you. And you'll find out that the Spirit of God will speak back to you. And you'll begin to hear. Now, how do you hear? Bammo! In the mind comes a word or 
in your ear comes a sound and you say, whoa, where'd that come from? That must have been me. No, me doesn't talk like that. Me talks like that. That sounded like an upward voice. <laughs> it was encouraging. It wasn't, oh, it's all going to be bad. No, it's all going to be good. For every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So let the voice of God resonate in you. Now, if you're looking for the finger, you know, scratch on the fire on the wall, eh, you may wait a while for that, but you don't have to wait for the voice of the Lord because he's in you. He chose to dwell in us. Wow. I don't know. I don't know why God does it. Gives us such treasures in earthen vessels. (laughs) Think about it. Treasures of the universe here in this earthen vessel. Now I can see why he didn't put it in you, but I know why he put it in me because I'm special. Come on. Come on. I can still hear the Eighth grade teacher saying something negative to me. Every once in a while I hear that voice, you know, laughing at something. We all carry those things. We all carry voices that have put us down. And we all remember times of failure. Come on. That old man's dead. Leave him in the ground. Don't dig him up. You are a new creature in Christ. And the God of heaven has chose to live in you. Hallelujah. If you've never done that this morning, jump in. (laughs) Water's good, I'll tell you that. (laughs) And you won't be rejected. You will never be turned down. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That's all of us. Amen. Your feet. That's something. He'll guide your feet. 119, 130, that same book of Psalms says, The entrance of thy word giveth light and understanding to the simple. I don't think think that means kind of like a simple-minded. I think it means childlike. It's a simple simple thing to believe God. It doesn't take rocket science. It just takes childlike faith, I believe. So a few years later, a few years ago, after this doorknob experience, which God worked that into my life for several years on all kinds of occasions, I was, as John said, in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now what that means to me is just being in his presence. And I came to a door in my in my mind, in my picture. We all have it right here. I want you to do something with me just for a moment. Close your eyes. I'm going to show you something. I want all of you to stand in front of your, the door to your house. Whether you have a porch or not, stand there in front of your door. Now look at it. You can see it. See that door? You know exactly what it looks like. Reach over and grab the handle. There you go. Turn it. Click it. I have a clicker. You know, a little thumb deal. 
Oh, go, go on in now. See, you're, there, there, you're in your front room or your hallway. There. Every one of you can see that. You know you can. It's a picture right here. We say in our mind, some, there's a screen right here in our spirit, man. Now turn, go into the kitchen. Oh, oh, some of you didn't do the dishes. Okay, we'll do it later now. Okay. Now open your eyes. See, that is where you see the things of God. But you think it's just you. He put what we call the imagination or the screen of our spirit man. That's how we see. My wife says, go to the store, get milk. I can close my eyes and I can see the keys hanging on the wall. I see the car in the driveway. I can see myself turning right now down that to the left. About five blocks down, there's a store. I, can, I, I, I know every corner, and there's the milk in the corner. How did I do that? I saw it. I could see it in my mind. If I got lost, I closed my eyes. I could follow the map. That's how you see and hear in the Lord. And yet, because we don't think we're worthy, we think that's just me thinking. I'll tell you how you can tell if you're thinking out of your own mind or out of the mind of God. When you can pay for it and do it in your own strength, whatever you're thinking is probably you. When you get to the edge and it sounds crazy, Paul said, it's beyond imagination. That's where God takes over. Now, we don't just all go crazy. I'm going to be a brain surgeon next week and open a hospital. I mean, that'd be, that's... that probably not going to happen but there's things in your life that god wants you to begin to think about and let him and put faith to amen some of you god wants you to open uh, a new business you have a you have a talent that needs to be used you've been afraid to do it but if you'll take a step of faith there's something you can do to open that business there's something you can do so god can do something it may be just go out and look for a building or a, or a shop you can wax cars in. I don't know what you do. Some of you, like the old boy that got healed by Jesus, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. The old boy said back to Jesus, I can't do that. This is a rented bed, and if I do, I'll be stealing. No, he didn't do that, did he? He took up his bed. He did what he could do. He could take up his bed. When Jesus called the man out with a withered hand, Jesus told him to do something he could do. His legs were good. He said, stand forth. And when he did what he could do, the hand was healed. You see, there's something that God has put in every one of our spirits when we get out of the way and let our foot step out there with the light of the word of God and the light of the spirit of God he will guide us, and he said, the steps of good people are ordered or directed by the Lord. <laughs> That's something? Now, I know it puts a lot of weight on some of us. We come out of some theological backgrounds where God does everything, and sovereignty is so strong that we can't even do anything. He does it all. That's why we're still laying on the couch waiting for the next job. <clears throat> no, get up. Hallelujah. Well, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, a good woman. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> uh, I, don't have, I don't have to worry about it because I am not your God. I love you, and I sound, I'm sounding pretty 
you know, I don't know what I'm sounding like this morning. Maybe, maybe a little stout. I don't know. But I know one thing. That we are entering into a, a season, uh, not, a, not just a passing season, but an, almost a new experience. The church will never be the same as it was in 2019. 2020 changed us forever. And if we don't face the changes that are going on in the church, we're going to miss our destiny and our purpose. I don't know what they are in detail. I do know there's shifts happening. And some of it is scaring us and frightening us. But I tell you, the Lord's opening up a realm in the spirit that I I have not seen before. Amen. You know why there's so much angel activity? Every time there's a major shift in history, God always sends the angels in and starts ministering to people. Jesus had them. Now, I know some people believe in angels at Christmas. (laughs) Bless God. But they are here to help us. Now, Father, I release... I release and speak faith and bless and encourage. And I ask for the Holy Spirit just to do what he does so faithfully. That is, bring us to that place that you have promised us and predicted and called us to. I reach into every heart this morning just as a lifting hand into that place of encouragement and faith. I speak healing and restoration to physical bodies and damaged uh, emotions that have been wounded by some tragedy or some misstep. Lord, I ask for the miracle power of your great love to pour into each heart this morning. I release, Lord, vision and revelation. I release insight and, and eyesight and hearing, Lord. I say in Jesus' name, let this house hear and see like they've never happened before in the congregation. Not just leadership, not just prophets, not just holy men of God, but the body of Christ that has been sanctified and invaded by heaven. God himself, let the body of Christ, Lord, rise up in this hour and shine like the glory of God that it is. Every person here that has Christ is a torch of God, brightly shining. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, my. There's, uh, I don't want to, I, I, I do, I do want to put somebody on the spot now. I was going to say I don't want to, but I do. There's several couples, husband, wife, that are here. And uh, I want you, that if you're a couple, I want you to stand together. And I'm going to speak a word over your relationship and your purpose and your unity of soul, of spirit. I want you to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I just give this word you dropped in my spirit of a united force that they have never experienced to where their spirits are so blended that they become one in reality as well as one in fact. Lord, the wisdom that comes from one will be as it is in the other. There will be a combination, a synergism, Lord, of things by by, uh, covenant 
and by purpose. And there's going to be, in some of these cases, a breakthrough financially because of it. Other cases, there's going to be healing come to the home. Lord, let these man and woman come together in a supernatural way. Even without them feeling something happen, let it begin to be manifested in the days to come. And some of you men, you need to acknowledge that God gave you a woman in common vernacular to save your bacon in many cases because he gives us the one we need. Women, that man, they are an interesting character. You'll probably never figure them out. But they are in your life to make you whole as well as you are in his life. And I just release this into someone special this morning. Someone needs to hear this. Understand that you are together on purpose in Jesus' name. Be seated, please. Some of you single ladies, and I know there's some of that uh, of you that are <clears throat> senior ladies and some of you that are young ladies, but you're single. You're not married. Maybe you've been married, but you're not married now. Stand to your feet. And uh, let, me, uh, let me include some of you ladies that may be here without your husbands. I don't want to miss you. Stand also. There you go. Now, Father, there's a, there's a protection, supernatural protection on, on these gals, both young and older, that you have provided by the body of Christ and by the Spirit of God that's in the house. There's a covering. And we stand in that place. As an elder in the house, we stand in that place of protection and wisdom and warfare and there's some things that will never come to their home because they even though they don't have a quote-unquote man of the house or you know protector quote-unquote they have a spiritual covering called the spirit of god that's represented in the house and the elders of the house and those who speak faith over them and I speak a covering of protection both physically and mentally and financially over these ladies now in Jesus name hallelujah some of you gals that have a husband that's not saved you're protected until we bring him in and get him straightened out (laughs) God does You have a covering over you, so don't be afraid of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated. Thank you. Teenagers, stand to your feet. Amen. Teenagers, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, Multiply, increase, reveal, and call. Multiply, increase, kind of the same thing, but multiply is different than increase. Multiply is kind of like jumping the big hoop, the big wall. Increase is planting seed. 
in the ground and the harvest. So we have both God doing something for you as a collective body. This house, I'm calling multiplication, I'm calling increase, and I'm calling you into a place of revelation. Calling, a calling. Some of you that are standing right now, and I have on purpose, I'm not engaged with you with my sight. I'm speaking out of my spirit. Some of you have been called now into a, into a lifetime of service in the kingdom of God in hands-on stuff. God's going to bring you in if you'll take the next step. Could be study like Timothy studied a show, go to school somehow, begin to seek the Lord differently, give yourself in prayer fast. I don't know how you're going to do it, but there's a step you can take to follow the heart and the passion you have in your spirit. Some of you are going to be educators. Some of you are going to be housewives and, and, and mechanics. They're all gifts. They're all callings. And they're all important. I release you. Now, here again, congregation, stand with me, you know, believe with me in this. Multiplication for our youth and increase for our youth. Those are two things I want you to, you intercessors and prayer warriors and ladies that gather and men that gather, you have a commission now by the prophet that's come. I've given you a direction to pray for multiplication for youth and increase. One of them is kind of like a surprise. Bam, 10, 15. The other is you plant, you you water, you do the job every day. You just work the work. You watch increase come in these days in Jesus' name. Glory to God. (laughs) Oh, my. One more thing I wouldn't want to miss. Wouldn't want to miss if there's someone that is here and has never opened your heart to Jesus. This would be a good time to do it. There's there's a good spirit here to do that in. And I'm not going to have you close your eyes or hide or, you know, that's that's a proud moment when we do that. I don't want you to feel like it's, you know, a shame, but so we're just going to take a moment. If you're here and you're saying, "This is my day. I want some of that stuff," but I've never really asked Jesus to come into my life and submit to Him and love Him. If that's you, if you're here this morning, I'm I'm for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. All right? There's one over here. Look at here. Come on, give Him a hand. Amen. Give Him a hand. Glory to God. I know we're just a little separated, and I don't have to give you a big hug, but I'm going to help you right now. You ready? What's your name? Alex. Okay. Now, the reason you raised your hand is because God is already working in your heart, and He's already loving you more than you realize. But whatever level of commission of com- commitment this is, God's going to meet you at it. You ready? Yes. Just say these words. Jesus, Jesus, I open my heart, heart. and I invite you into my life, and I submit to you now as Lord. Show me the way. Teach me how to walk. In Jesus' name. Now, do you believe that? Yes. Then it's done. 
because it's by faith. And what's going to happen in these days, in these hours to come, God's going to make Himself so real to you. Now I see you got some, you got prayer in your shirt and a cross on you, so you're not unconscious. You're not. You've been aware of God a long time. But this, what you're making a step today, is so important. And I encourage you just to let God talk to you. Okay. Amen. Now, some that know him, pray with him. Some of you that know him, encourage him through the day and the week. Don't, don't let the week go by without calling him up, asking him how he's doing, okay? God bless you. Praise God.